Hey buddies, you thinking of starting your own podcast? Why not use Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast, and here's why. First off, it's free. Secondly, you have creation tools to record and edit right from your phone or computer. Third, Anchor distributes for you. You can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Fourth, make money with no minimum listenership. And finally, you have everything you need for a podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the founder and host of BuddyCast, Nick Sorensen. It's Monday on another episode of BuddyCast. I'm your host, Nick Sorensen, and joining me today is a very comedic friend of mine, a good buddy, my buddy, Derek Minto. How are you doing, Hello. Jason? I am well. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being yeah. on the show. Can I ask you a question about the theme song? Yes, absolutely. What what came first, the theme song or the podcast? Like, did you just hear this song and you're like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make a whole podcast dedicated to this intro. It was actually podcast then theme song. Ah, I need a song that can warm up the guests, you know, give them that warm, welcoming feeling rather than just throwing them into the spotlight and saying, swim. You know, well, how did how did the how did you commission the theme song? Or were you just like, I need these words, and if you don't get my name in there, I swear, like, it actually went to. Um, I looked for. I wanted to keep it local, you know, because yeah, you know, yeah, local artists are kind of you know hitting a hard point now with the virus and everything. You know that from personal experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I reached out to a local buddy of mine, and he called a buddy of his, and the guy played the first note, and I'm like, that's it. Keep it going, keep it going, and we just collaborated, and that's what we found. It's uh, it's not bad. Like it's 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 not bad. Like I I was like, you told me there's gonna be an intro. Like I've heard really bad theme songs to podcasts before, and I was like, okay, well I'll just have to lie. But no, it was pretty good. It was that guy whoever did it. Was it who was who made the song? Tommy Link. Tommy Link. Well, congratulations, Tommy Link. You get uh one box cutter out of one. Yay. Hey, so as you guys can tell, my buddy Derek here is a comedian. He's done a yeah. lot of work in the Pittsburgh and Erie area. Oh, yeah. So, I've hung out in Erie. Yep. So let me start by asking, how did you get into comedy in the first place? Um. Well, uh, I mean, I can tell you kind of loosely. What, as a kid, you know, I was a big kid, so I got made fun of a lot. So it was kind of like a defense mechanism. Mm-hmm. You know, I could deflect people's attention away from who I was physically and, you know, and so basically I just like, as I kept doing it more and more, you know, it kind of weird, you know, I love stand up when I was a kid. And so like, I did it, I did a talent show in high school and I did, I like, I got second place. I got beat by a lady with a baton. Uh, and it was a really, she was really good at batons, like class a batonist. Like there, if there's batoning at the Olympics, this lady was on the track to go baton. 
but unfortunately they don't let batoning in. They let badminton in, which is a ridiculous sport, but they don't let batoning in, which is elegance in mixed with a steel bar that you can flip around and knock someone in the face with. So <laughs> anyway, uh, but yeah, no, I uh, kind of forgot about it for, for a while. I went to college, you know, I did the whole college experience, like the literal college experience. Like I literally had like the shirt from Animal House that said college, like the sweater, and I would just wear it every Halloween. I had one Halloween costume, and I would just dress up as Bluto Blutarski. Like the, like the literal just drunken insanity college experience. And then I, I started, you know, I had to be an adult and join the real world, and I was like, oh, wow, I hate this regular job that I have. It's awful. I should go do, become a stand-up comic. Uh, it's kind of how that came about uh, for me. It was, <laughs> it was kind of an outlet. Like, I wanted to work in radio. They're like, you have to have comedic background, and I'm like, okay, and that's kind of how I ended up as a stand-up. Nice. Nice. So tell us about the early stages of your career. Like your first open mic or your first like oh, man. Gig, you know? So like I don't I don't know. I don't know how like comedy works to you or your personality, but like it was like part of my personality was like being funny, right? You know, like in social situations with friends and stuff. And when I started to do stand-up, I found out that there were people that were funnier than me. Right, mm-hmm. you know, and that messed with my brain. You know, really, really unfolded those those little brain folds a little bit because up until that point. So it's like, let's think about it like this. Let's say, you know, you're you're like you're the funniest person. Well, I just use the exact thing. You're funny. And suddenly, you meet all these other people that are way better at this thing and better at being funny than you are. So it's like I had like a personal personality crisis. I'm like. Oh my God, I'm not the most me at this thing. Like, it was like really, it was like, I just didn't know how to deal with it at first. It took me a while to like get over that. Like, it was very like, I don't want to say heart- heartbreaking is not the word, but just like upsetting. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> there were people that were funnier than me. And so I, you know, the first year I did stand up, I was not good at it. Uh, I mean, it was, you know, it's a, it's a process. You have to work on it. Like, it's not, it's, I think it's sometimes harder for people who are I, – I, I remiss to call myself naturally funny, but I'm generally good in social situations. And <laughs> I – it was, like, very hard to convert that energy and that encapsulation of my expectations of what comedy was to the stage, which is a whole different thing. Like – because, you know, when you when we were, like, if me and you were talking, like, I, I have your attention or, like, we're with a group of our friends or something and we have everyone's attention. Like we don't mm-hmm. have to get part of standup is convincing an audience to like you. Like that's a huge thing. And you don't have to do that in social situations. So <clears throat> it took me a while to uh, get over that. It was bad. Oh man. It was, I mean, I tried to be every single kind of standup comic that lived. Like I was trying to be a political comic, tried to be like a, like angry rant man, you know, just be like, bah, 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 bah. Uh, I tried everything. I tried to be real dirty. I tried, like doing just one-liners and I'm glad I did those things. Like, I'm totally glad that I tried on all these different hats, like comedy hats. Like, I don't know. Uh, the, but I, I, you know, I slowly figured out how to like kind of be myself on stage. If that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Like, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I think that my first, it in the beginning was, it's very rough. It's still rough. Comedy. Ah, you know, I was about to ask you, what's your motivation that keeps you going today? 
I don't know right now, buddy. <laughs> that's, that's the truth. Like it's uh it's been rough with the coronavirus. Like I this is it's the, here's the most basic simple thing of it. It's that I just like making people laugh. Uh that's it. I don't I don't care about being famous. I don't give a shit. I, I excuse me. Uh, I don't care about any of that. Uh, it just doesn't really matter to me. Like, I just genuinely like making people laugh. And I'd like to do it for as many people as possible. <clears throat> I understand that that probably entails getting some kind of real credits. You know, I've opened for a ton of people. That's cool. But I've done a ton of festivals of this and that. And I've got to play a bunch of cool clubs. But, like, I don't have, like, a real TV credit. Like, mm-hmm. and that's very helpful. Like, it puts you definitely into another, like, cast of comics. Um so yeah, I don't remember what the question was, but that's my answer. Your your uh, motivation to keep going today. Oh yeah, I mean, but yeah, I, yeah, okay, good. Then my answer made sense. Yes, so I'm satisfied with my answer. Yes. Now you've been to Erie, Pennsylvania before. My oh home. yeah, yeah. What was your experience like? Oh, I mean, I've been like I grew up. I grew up going to Erie. Like I've been up there a million times. Me and my buddies used to. This is this is not like super family. Cedric, but we used to, we would drive up there to like, just to go party, you know, like go, we'd go to the beach and, you know, you're not supposed to have alcohol, but you know, there's ways. Uh-huh. Uh, and we would do that. And we would just like, we would get a cheap hotel room and we'd hang out all night. And then we'd drive back like the next day. Um, like I, I, I miss that. Uh, juniors is no longer juniors. Now it's the, uh, Kellers. Ma- what is it called? Kellers. Kellers. Like the, Blind lady. Like, no, like the magician, Harry Keller. Oh, that Keller. Yeah, they were related, right? Him and Helen. Who knows? Ah, who knows? Uh, but yeah, I miss Juniors. I miss the owner. I had a really great relationship with him. He was a really nice dude. Uh, helped me out a couple times, gave me some good recommendations. Uh, I did get to see one of the craziest things I've ever seen at an open mic. <clears throat> were you there, though, when they did the first one, Nick? I can't remember. Yes. Yeah. Do you? I don't know if you remember this incident happening. This is one of the craziest things I've ever seen. But you know, the show—the first time they did that open mic, it was very long. It was. It was oh, brutal. Yeah. It was uh, way too long. They didn't know how to light people. There was. There were. There were problems. Oh yes. And uh, my favorite was when the one guy went up. He did it. He was doing a bunch of awful crowd work. Uh then proceeded to it, it was only for his friends he brought like a third of the audience yeah you know? like one of the and so he gets off stage and i had a decent set so i'm trying to you know i'm trying to schmooze with the management and i'm talking to them trying to get information so i can at least like send over a video or something and be like i can do this for longer than five minutes <laughs> and uh the guy rolls up and he's like hey man i had a great set like how do i get to work here like what do i need to do and they're like, oh, Derek, you hold on just one moment. Uh, excuse me, uh, sir. Yes, you. Uh, you brought all the people that left, right? He's like, yeah, they, I brought all those people. And he, the, the person, I cannot remember who it was exactly. They're like, you know, when after your set, when they got up and walked out of the theater, that almost none of them paid their tabs and just left. And he's like, what? He's like, you know, that's like two thousand dollars worth of food. So you better go find them. Like, if you want to work here, and I was like, stand. I'm just like, oh no, oh you've been, you've you've done, you've played your cards poorly, sir. You should have played with your friends. Swing and a miss. Oh yeah, that was, and I felt like I, 
I, I definitely felt bad, but like also at the same time, I'm like, if you bring a bunch of people and they leave the second you get on stage, I'm like, you gotta come. Oh, you, yeah. you tell them to stay. So I was performing at that open mic too. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm pretty you sure right. you were there. It was it was a learning process for them in the kind way, you know? Yeah. And then, so, like, what I liked about, like, when you did an open mic there, you at least told us, like, you had them tell us, okay, here's your spot. So you know when to tell your family, hey, I'm going up eighth or something. Hey, I'm going up fifth or something like that, you know? Yeah. Just something like that. So at least everyone, they didn't tell us anything, including me. Who oh, keeps yeah. coming down? Okay, maybe I'm next. Maybe after this guy. Okay, we're getting down to three people. It's got to be me. The guy comes up to us and goes, okay, it's you, you, and then you are final. By this time, oh, my yeah. family is ticked. My family's like, oh, yeah. out of here. We're tired. We're done. But we still have to support him, so just get it on. Like, and I couldn't tell him anything. Like, I just kept texting him saying, okay, I should be on after this guy. Okay, definitely after this guy. Definitely the, the next round. Okay, we're down to the three people, you know? So I felt horrible. By then, everyone was exhausted, wanted to go home, oh, yeah. wanted to just, you know, I got a few chuckles here and there, which means, you know, you did a good job or something. But but then the yeah, next open mic, like, it got better. It, and it, and that was definitely a surprise, too, because I remember that moment. I remember when everyone just got up and left. Like, we were all standing there like, what? Because this went from a packed room to just this little, like, what you see in a normal open mic nowadays, you yeah. know? Like, this went from a fully packed room, like, you would have thought this was a comedy show, to just, like, if you've ever been to an open mic, you know, like, at a bar or something like that. It's just, like, it's like, okay, you know? It's like, here's the ten people that are here, and five of them are related to that guy or something, you know? Like, things like yeah. that. But, but you definitely, when it got around to, like, the next round, and it got around to your round, too, it definitely got better. It definitely was more organized. You know, they did the lighting so you knew, okay, I got this much time. They were spot on with their stuff. They were just, they knew what to do. They learned from their mistakes. Yeah, it, it was definitely one of those situations where if they knew how to cut, it wouldn't have been even so bad if they just cut people off, but they let, like, people go, like, seven or eight minutes because there was, there was tons of people who had never set foot on stage. Mm -hmm. And, like, you need, like, as a person who's read a but storm of open mics, I can tell mm -hmm. you that uh, there, you do have to enforce a modicum of control. Yes. Uh, I, I am not an authoritarian. I really don't like telling anyone what to do at any juncture because uh, I don't care. Like, unless you're going to harm me or going to harm somebody else, I'm like, have fun. Mm -hmm. uh, like, but like, it, there's a certain, there's a little bit of, you know, you have to be the sheriff in the Wild West when it comes to the open mic. Like, Oh, yeah. There's a lot of crazy crap going on, and it's just like, hey, every once in a while, you can't do that. Or no, you know, exactly. you gotta remind them. That reminds me of the other thing that I remember from that night. The people that he brought were so loud. Oh, so yeah. One person, I remember one lady just standing up in the middle of the set and just screaming, I can't hear! Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. it was nuts. No one really had any etiquette. Like, no, yeah, I remember it was that uh, Steve Rogers guy, I think mm -hmm. was the host, which actually was cool is not long after that, he went on to do a set on Stephen Colbert. Mm -hmm. uh, so good for him. He, he was a really genuinely nice dude, but he kind of got dumped into a situation. It was like, okay, we're going to do this Wednesday, and then I got shows Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and he didn't really, it was like, that's a, that's a kind of a rough spot to be dumped into a place, and mm -hmm. 
like you didn't know this was the first time they've never done an open mic and it's just kind of like a massive uh poop hurricane you know i was about to say poop show yeah 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 poop show poop yeah. show but for those at home no i meant a different word mm-hmm. exactly uh, so so then you went on to host an open mic yourself here in Erie. What was that experience like? Uh, so I mean, you mean like host? Like, no, I mean, hosting was good. They they took care of me. Uh, in terms of like at that point, it was a lot more together. I think I hosted the third or fourth one at uh, Juniors. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was good. It was like <clears throat> at that point, it was like people who had already been on stage had either went to other open mics. Uh. And everyone kind of knew the deal. We actually had that show. It was really great. Like we had a lot of great comics coming from Jamestown uh, and uh, what's the other Rochester. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was, I would say the mix was much better um, in terms of like who could work. Who was, it, it was just like an overall better quality of open mic. Like uh, I, I knew some of them. So it was nice. So I could kind of pick the order a little bit, like help put it together. Like I, that's something that's like, I personally do it up mics. Like I don't, I don't, I don't really try to tell people what to do. Uh, as previously mentioned on this podcast, uh, but I do. I my personal belief is that if you know the comics that are going to be at the open mic and well enough, you can usually build a better balanced show because a lot of what I feel shuts down an audience uh, for an open mic, not particularly juniors, but let's just say in any situation, is that they don't really know what's about to happen to them. Uh, you know that an open mic is, it has all of the facets of a show. You know, there's lights, there's people performing, there's drinks, et cetera, et cetera. But for the comics, it's, it is a performance, but it's like a weird practice kind of performance. Like some people, you know, well, yeah. I'm sorry, what was that? I was about to say, it's like a tryout, you know? it's like Yeah, a, a tryout is one way. Uh, it's like the gym, isn't maybe another way to think about it. Um, and so... It's if you're clear with the audience in the beginning, be like, "Hey, people are going to get up here and try out stuff, and some of it's not going to go well, and that's okay." Like if you tell them what the show is, and it's like you guys are the audience, you get to watch these people like experiment and try out different things, and sometimes it's going to be bad, and that's okay. But you get to judge them, like you get to watch them, and if you think they're funny, laugh. Like that's all you—that's your only responsibility here, and don't be mean to them because mm-hmm. we don't. Seriously, it's an open mic. Like, unless they say something, unless they're yelling a bunch of hate speech or saying something really awful, uh, which happens, which is why I encourage the audience to be very mean to them about it. Uh, not often. So people think, like, a lot of really awful things. It's like, yeah, not really. Most of the time, it's just people talking a lot about butts and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, if you're clear with the audience expectation and you can pick like control the list a little bit like sell them on the show like show them right away that there are good comics here like exactly they'll invest like they will the audience will invest in the show uh hopefully sometimes it doesn't matter what you do you know <laughs> like sometimes audiences are determined to see their friend and leave like that one open yep and i've had people do that you know not to me not to me but i've seen plenty of people do that like their buddy gets on stage and hey time to go you know that was fun that was cool Sometimes I've had people, I hate to admit it, sometimes I've had people, but they've had, like, true agendas. Like, hey, we came to see oh. you, but now we've got, you know, oh, we've yeah. really, like, we've got a kid at home, you know? We've oh, got, yeah, no, it's like, totally, that's, and this, yeah. this is the thing, yeah. like, audience members do that, and you can't, everyone can always stay invested, but, like, you know, for you, it's sometimes nice, hey, you came out, you saw a couple other comics, and you got to see me. 
Yeah. Like, but like, <laughs> but what happened at that one open mic is completely different. Like, oh, that's yeah. like you you bring that amount of people and then everyone leaves is insane. Yeah. Like, but also at the same time, it's like I, the one thing I kind of reflected back on that experience was it was like you know what. I bet no one thought, no one even brought up to the fact to them that there was an expectation for them to stay. Like, it makes sense. And if you think about it, it's like, oh, we saw my friend. I'm going to leave. Like, so it's like, also part of it, like, comics put a brain the crowd sometimes or this or that. But, like, sometimes part of it is, like, this is their first stand-up comedy show. Like, part of this is an educational process. Like, some people think it's like the movies. Like, they can chat with their friends in between parts. And it's like, shut your mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> shut up like just shut up. stop talking but they don't know that you know, gotta educate them exactly exactly so say speaking of like people like that like hecklers for example do you have any good yet audience appropriate heckler stories that you would like to share oh, i've had so many weird awful things happen to me on stage um oh god what what one did t- what ones to tell you um I did a room at some place called the Buzzbin in Ohio. I want to say it's by Canton. I uh, headlined a show, and this guy just got belligerently. You know, you just watch him get you know drunker and drunker, and he kept kind of messing with all my friend's set. And I just like I just like lost it on this one dude. <laughs> and I, I I remember the one part. I'm like, do you understand the difference between you know what a monologue is? He's like, yeah. I'm like, what is? He's like, one person like gets up and like talks. I'm like, okay. Do you know what a dialogue is? He's like, yeah. It's when two people talk. What do you think stand-up is? He's like, it was probably a monologue. I'm like, then why am I talking to you? Like, <laughs> and he literally was one of the first times I ever, like, literally had someone thrown out of a show. Like, that's something mm-hmm. that's like, you don't really have that power at an open mic. You can't be like, that guy's got to go. But like, yeah. And I know, like, I've had shows where I've messed that up, where I was like, didn't think there was a bouncer, but there was. He was just like hiding. Like, I had some like drunk lady. Like, she was like literally. T- it was one of the. It was awful. But like, I didn't know. Like, everyone's like, we want to have the bouncer throw. I'm like, what bouncer? Like, I didn't know I could do that. Like, so sometimes you get just kind of screwed. Yeah. Uh, on that front, but like, I've had I had one lady drape herself across the stage at Hambones one night, and. She just like wouldn't leave, and I'm like, "Well, the show is not continuing until you get off the stage." And I, I'm very principled about this one particular thing about when you're on the stage, like whenever you get up, that's your time, you know. Mm-hmm. Like if I brought you up on the stage, like those four minutes, that is your time, and no one else gets on that stage unless you invite them there. And that, like, I shake your hand, I give you that magic power, and then if that's your time, and when you get off the stage, I shake your hand again and I take back. Uh, which is a silly way of explaining it, but it's like, it should be your time. And like, and I, this woman used to work there and I think she had a personal relationship with me, but I forgot. I don't know. And it was just like 10 minute, it was a 10 minute verbal altercation. And so I literally, I had to just shame her off this. Like I literally was like, you know, how, you know, how incredibly disrespectful you're being to all of these people. Like people drove like two hours to do like five minutes and they're going to go up like at 1130 at night. Like, because yeah. there's too many comps. Like, and you have made this all about you. And what was crazy is this is the only time this has ever happened. Like four months later, uh, back when I was like still smoking, like she confronted me again uh, behind hand bones. Like I was in the back. She asked me for a cigarette and I gave her one. And she's like, do you remember me? And I was like, no, which made her really mad. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't remember. Like I didn't, I didn't know. Like I didn't, I didn't dwell on it too much. I didn't, 
Now I don't I would have answered it. I would have answered it this way. Let me answer it to you this way. I can't remember what I had for breakfast this morning. So Yeah, I mean, I don't even know if we're, I don't even I haven't had breakfast, I know that. But I, mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah, exactly, you know. And well, I wasn't trying to sass her. Like I thought maybe like she was like an old I don't know. Uh but uh then she brought in her boyfriend, which was like weird. And they're like, You did this, and I'm like, You're the guy that pulled her off the stage. So leave me alone. Like, and all the points you were making. You need to come back to me when you're sober. Like, if you really want to have a conversation about what happened, we can do this, but you have to be sober. Like, mm-hmm. and I drink a bunch. You know, I like I like going to have a good time with my friends. But like this lady, it's like every time she had to be like, yeah. every time I had this conversation with, he her. had to stumble up to you or something like yeah. that. But it was it was very creepy to get stalked. You know, yeah. like stalked and re- like I must have had like a clear impact on her. Like she must have dwelled on this like a lot. And for that, for that lady, I'm sorry that happened. But mm-hmm. listen, don't sit on the stage. Yeah, exactly. I've got a heckler story for you. So you know that guy you were talking about earlier? Mm-hmm. He came to an open mic that I was doing one time. And he brought some more buddies. Not more as in like number-wise, but you know, he brought some buddies or whatever. Yeah. I was doing a set and one of, the, one of his buddies decided to be a comedian, you know? Decided to be the guy, like you said. Are we have is this a what you call you know, is this a one person conversation or a two person conversation? Because like I was making jokes, you know, you know, I was making my jokes, and he was saying things like they were born, you know, they were everything before you were even born. Blah 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 blah. I finally just had enough, and I looked at him and said, "Sir," and this is a little non PG. People always ask me all the time, "How small am I?" Let me ask you, how high are you right now? <laughs> and he started to answer and I stopped him like I wasn't asking about your physical stature and the guy just went ooh but he yeah so then the guy but the better story of that was the guy was a comedian or so he thought and he yeah. came on after me and he ate it no one laughed no one did anything not like I supported me I'm like okay he messed with him now we're gonna but literally like he just, like, no one even, gave, like, he didn't even get, like, a little hee-hee, except for, like, the buddy that brought him, of course, you know? Yeah. Who's trying, who you know is obviously trying to be, like, that one guy, like, that one, you know, like, a mom in the crowd, you know? Like, the yeah, yeah. Hey, up there, something like that. But everyone yeah. else, really? Yeah, the, <laughs> like, people, like, like, first of all, if you've done stand-up long enough, you know immediately, you don't heckle the other comics, like, unless no. you're your friend, like, I, if I gave you, if you gave me shit on stage, or vice versa, like, we know each other, yeah. and we both would know it would be, excuse my language again, uh, would be in jest, like, yeah. it would be, we, but, like, I still generally it would be you and me talking beforehand, hey, when I do this joke, can you do this? Like, or no, or just this? even, like, I just said, it like, something crazy, and you're like, what? You know, just, it, but the yeah. point being is that we have a relationship, Yeah, and it's only new comics that do this crap, which is, they just, say they'll just like oh i could i want to be part of this guy's show. like they're <clears throat> like they did like what this guy did like heckled you yeah and it's like especially makes the audience sound it's like you have your you're gonna get your stage time buddy let's let's relax yeah. and but then like, that guy I mean, eating it, it like the audience he already annoyed the audience like he just seemed like a bully like it doesn't matter who it was if it was you or anybody that person just seems like a bully yeah exactly like, Exactly, like he wasn't funny, and then the comic after him threw him out. The comic oh, after yeah. him was from Cleveland and was just like, "Look, dude, you think this is funny? 
there are people up here who are trying their best, who are doing everything in their power to just have a fun night and make people laugh. And you're up here messing with them? Really? Get the yeah. you-know-what out of here. And he threw them out. And me and the host were walking out. Um, the host was Anthony Morelli that night. Oh, yeah. And we were walking out together. And the, the lobbyist, like, stopped him or whatever. You know, the person at the front desk and was like, you know, stopped us. And she's like, man, I am so glad you guys threw that one dude out of here or whatever. Because apparently, like, they were, like, conversing in the lobby how they were, like, going to do something. Like, they were so mad. They were so da 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 And she's like, you guys need to leave. Right now, like you guys need to get out of here, or I will call the police or something like that. So yeah, those kind of dudes are just like that weird gang bro squad. Like, yeah. They all feed off their own like small D energy. Their egos. Yeah. So just build so, each other up until they get into a fight for some dumb reason. Exactly. Yeah. So besides Ewe, where are some of your other places to perform at? I love Chicago. Uh, Chicago is one of my favorite places. Uh, like, I, I mean, I've performed in mo- a lot of most of the major cities in like the Northeast and the South. Uh, I love uh, the Cape Fear Comedy Festival. Uh, that was one of my favorite places uh, to perform. They have a great club there called the Dead Crow. Uh, really fun room. Um, Asheville, North Carolina. For a person who's not a... I, not a huge fan of the South. I don't know. Uh, yeah, Southerners, you heard it here first. Derek, sometimes confused by your general niceness until I walk away. Uh, I, I like. I do like it down there. Like most of my comic comedy translates pretty well. Uh, like it generally works. Like living in a major metropolitan city, I you know I have kind of a. I don't. I don't have a conservative. You know, in it, it's you know my most of my comedies semi-liberal. I don't. I'm very political on stage though. Uh, Chicago is probably my second favorite city to perform in. I've been in New York, you know, 20, 30 times, and it's a place, and it happens. Uh, but, like, I don't think I'd ever move to New York unless I had a reason to move to New York. Like, I wouldn't go there to make it. Like, it always seems like the wrong way to go about it, at least to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you? For me, I'm a hometown guy. I'm an Erie guy. I've been to Jamestown a couple of times. And I used to like it until they um, they kind of messed with some of my buddies or whatever and all that. So I just walked away from the situation. I'm like, okay, not dealing with this anymore. Like there was a there's a background story behind it, but um, yeah, just eerie. And I'm always looking to expand my horizons. Right now, it's a little difficult because uh, I haven't been in the game since the pandemic, and right now we have a new mascot slash my new dog. So oh yeah. Be- might be a while, but yeah, I'm definitely a hometown guy. I love Erie, Pennsylvania. Nothing, you know, like they say, like there's a song, nothing beats your back, your, the back of your porch, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I love performing in Pittsburgh, like, for the most part, you know, it's Pittsburgh. Yeah. It has an ups and downs, like, we, uh, yeah, I mean, we have, like, one club, and it's fine, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like Pittsburgh has very much built itself up for a while. Now we're kind of like in a rebuilding phase again after the pandemic. Uh, like, there's still not many solid – there's a couple, you know, that survived. Uh, Hambones obviously didn't. But, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> the um, So, yeah, I mean, I hope the scene's definitely in a rebuilding kind of phase right now. Oh, definitely. Hopefully the next year or two it'll be kind of bad. I mean, we'll see how, you know, everything's going. 
And same with Erie, you know, Erie's still getting back on their feet. They're still like, you know, Keller's is open now, but like, there's still like, you know, things that need to build up again, like open mics, you know, and you never know what today's, you know, when today's world, you never know when one day you're going to be on stage, next day it's going to be another, well, I guess I'll continue writing until something opens, you know. How far away is Cleveland uh, from Erie? I can't remember. About two hours max. Yeah, it's about two hours. Yeah. Yeah, hour and a half. Depends yeah, on the traffic. A, it's like a little too far. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if it was like an hour and a half, maybe. Yeah. Like, But like to go right out there and do up, like at least the, Cleveland has a great seat. And I don't know what it's like been like since COVID. Like I went out there once during it to record my album. I mean, to like get reps in, like I passed through there. Mm-hmm. And you can get up like twice in one night. So that's nice yep. uh, if you know what you're doing. Yep. So now, buddy, I'm going to ask you three questions that I ask all my buddies that come on this show. Go. The first one being, in your own words, what does it mean to be someone's buddy? Uh, well, yeah, Fred. I mean, I the, the, my buddy said this. This has funny. Uh, my buddy said this the other day. And I, I think um, it was it was pretty smart, I think what he said is like about trying to be the best person you can for that your friends might need. Like if you're friends with somebody like try to make sure that you, you know, your <clears throat> people oftentimes worry about being a burden and just be willing to help them when they need help, like being the best person you can be for them. Um, I think a lot of what friendship is like, uh, like I've been very fortunate in life. I've, you know, I've always had friends, uh, in some capacity, whether it's my nerd friends or my comedy friends or this or that friends. And like, just try to, you know, make sure that you try to take care of one another, I think is really kind of what it's about. Like, it's like, you're, you're in a weird like contract, but the thing that people I think sometimes are scared about is like in friendship or something like if there's something bad happens or like, you know, there's a breakdown or something. It's like, if you really are friends with the person, you can talk through it. And sometimes you are not, you will become not friends with people and that's okay. Like, but just be willing to accept that. Like some people you will not become friends with, but if you were meant to stay friends with that person, whatever that means, you can always talk through like a problem. Like, and even if like, it just, just also be willing to be wrong. Like no one ever wants to be wrong. Like you can be both right and wrong. It happens every day. Like every day, most of the time, you're going to be both right and wrong about most of the things in your life at the same time, and like just accept that. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Like so what? Like your your imagined pride. Like calm down. Yeah, no exactly. one's that. No one's that cool. Even hey. Sylvester Stallone wearing the same hat as Nick. Exactly. <laughs> so now, buddy, part of being a buddy is it being a charitable buddy. So if you could have our audience donate to one charity of your choice, what would it be and why? Uh, probably the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. Uh, they generally have a really good ratio of donations uh, to their cause that go directly into research as opposed to like administrative fees. That's an important part to me. That's like something I always supported in college. Uh, I had a fraternity brother with cystic fibrosis. And he's still alive because of this organization. Like he, like he gave him a life expectancy of like 27, 28. And uh, he's still, still being an annoying teacher out there, annoying a bunch of kids to be like, I'm going to die this year. And they're like, yes. And then he does it. It proves them wrong. Uh, 
Uh, so yeah, I would definitely, that's a, that's a great organization. Unless something's changed that I don't know about, like maybe they're bad now, but I'm pretty sure they're still good. So give to them. They're good. Yes. According to Derek Minto. Absolutely. And now, buddy, it's time for what we call the ultimate buddy cast buddy question. You ready for this? Yes. What is your advice to anybody who wants to become a comedian? Ah, uh, God. Uh, be concise. Uh, the less words you use to get to the point, the better, uh, which means you can tell more jokes. Uh, like, don't, you, you're going to fail a lot. Like, a way so much. Oh, my God. You're going to find new ways to bomb, no matter how good you get at it. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, it, it, you will do not tie, don't try your best not to take it personally, but somehow you will always find a way to take it personally. Because stand-up's a very solitary act, you know. You the, the cool part is you get all the money, you get all the attention, you get all of the stage time for yourself, but you also, all the burdens on you as well. So uh, just remember that when you are, you know, you're, you're a one man band uh, that when you fail, it's, it's only on you. Um, exactly. Yeah. Those are my, those are my uh, advice. Uh, just be, be concise. And when you first start out, just keep getting up. And if you, do, if you, if you don't like doing it anymore, please stop. Because so many people don't, won't stop and they'll do it for like a year they'll kind of start breaking away and then their friends will ask they'll be like hey how's comedy going and they suddenly have this like feeling that they have to keep doing it and so they just kind of linger uh mm -hmm. so don't just stop if you don't want to do it anymore it's okay mm -hmm. it's always okay to just say hey not for me you know yeah same time, it's always okay to still support someone who does it you know <laughs> Like, there are also other ways to be funny other than... St like, stand-up is not the only way to be funny and express yourself. There are tons of other ways. Improvised theater, sketch comedy, uh, clowner. You can write, like, you can write things. You can write birthday cards. Like, you can make funny pictures. Like, you can better draw comp. Like, there's so many different ways to be funny. And just... Stand-up is one of those things that it is a performance art. So, you have to... You don't have to be... A, you can learn how to be a performer. Tons of people do it. Uh... But just remember, if you just want to write, like, stand-up's not the absolute best place for you. Like, you have to perform your own material. That or write for somebody, but you need to probably write for somebody else first. So that's like a, that's a, that's a messed up cycle. You know? Mm -hmm. I gotta, I, yo, who's your writing credit? Well, I've never, no one's ever let me write for them before. Huh? Well, you must not be very good. Exactly. Well, buddy, thank you so much. Oh, yeah, man. For being a buddy here on BuddyCast. There's a joy talking to you and catching up with you. Good luck in all your comedic adventures. Yeah, you as well. Thank you. For all my buddies out there, this is my buddy Derek Minto. Catch him around if you live in the area. And I got one more favor to ask you before we end the show. Go be someone's buddy today. Will do. Alrighty. We'll catch you all next time here on everybody's favorite bu podcast, BuddyCast. Well, the days are going fast Buddy, buddy, we've got to make them last Buddy, buddy, before